Yes, welcome in everybody. A relatively quiet week in the NFL, but we're here nonetheless to talk about everything that has gone down as we get ever closer to the NFL draft. This is, of course, the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. Yeah, we've been away for a couple of weeks. We had a mock draft. I had a week off. So the, the regular huddle, though, back together on this uh, Wednesday evening for your listening pleasure. So welcome the boys in, first and foremost. Tim, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, very well. Yeah, very well, indeed. Uh, yeah, like I say, quite weak, but still a few things that we can uh, we can talk about in the lead-up to the draft. Absolutely, buddy. And Steve, welcome you in as well, mate. How you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, in our official weekly Zachert tracker, he's still an eagle, so not quite <laughs> yet. But yeah, good. Yeah, like Sim says, there's not much going on. It's all it's that anticipation for the draft, isn't it? It's only two weeks away tomorrow, so everyone's getting ready and everything's going a bit quiet. The calm before the storm. Indeed, mate. Indeed, there has been a few things happening though, and obviously one thing that happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, and as I say, we didn't obviously podcast last week because the, the lads did a brilliant family mock draft. Go and check that out if you haven't done so already. But one of the transactions that obviously caught a bit of attention last week, Sam Darnold. The writing was pretty much on the wall, wasn't it? As soon as the Jets had secured one of the higher picks in the draft, that they were likely to move on from him. And indeed, that has happened. Sam Darnold traded to the Carolina Panthers. Um, in my opinion, relatively good deal for probably all concerned. I think, like I said, the Jets wanting to move on. Good opportunity for Darnold, you know, whether he gets the job or whether there is a genuine quarterback battle there. I'll get your boys' view on that shortly. Um, but obviously worthwhile remembering Sam Darnold's still very young. Um, Tim, your thoughts on it? Sam Darnold, simple question. Worth it for the Panthers? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so. And you mentioned they're still quite young. I mean, it blows, blows my mind that he's actually younger than Joe Burrow. Uh, obviously, he just spent, was it three years at USC, uh, registered the first year, I think it was, and had one, obviously one good season and kind of gone in sort of off the back of that. And how many times have we seen kind of quarterbacks come into the NFL off of one good season? Um, and then kind of it blows up in their in their face, but um, yeah, I mean, what second round and a fourth round in twenty twenty two and a sixth round is probably more than what the Jets were expecting to get. Uh, and like you mentioned about, you know, the writing was on the wall. I, I think the writing was on the wall once Salah, Robert Robert Salah was uh, was appointed, and um, yeah, so it's always always hard for for the uh, the quarterback coming on the team when a new regime comes in. So um, yeah, I'm I'm glad for Donald. Yeah, I'm a person that's yeah yeah been de- defending him every every year uh, for the last couple of years and uh, unfortunately you know you're running out kind of running out, out of excuses uh, especially when you know one of your best performances was it last year was when you had yeah come back off of mono and you beat the cowboys but the cowboys defense isn't anything to beat up is it so it's like kicking a puppy dog um but yeah, I think I think it'll work. I, I hope it works out for him. You know, obviously he's had Adam Gase, he had Todd Bowles, he's had a poor, porous offensive lines, um, you know, which is conducive to, to 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 creating turnovers, which is what he likes. He did it at USC, um, but you know, he'll do a lot of short stuff at Carolina. You know, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, who well, he's had more. I saw a stat that he's had more receptions than like Julio, Devontae Adams, and all the rest of them uh, over the, since he came into the league in 2017. Um, but yeah, I, I think. 
I think it, I think it will fit quite well for for Sam Donald. They do a lot of quick stuff out, you know, to get the ball out quickly, um, and I, I hope it will work, works out for them. Obviously, he gets to meet up with his with his old friend, pal Robbie Anderson, as well. Yeah, no, absolutely, he does. Yeah, I forgot about Robbie Anderson going uh, on that route last off season as well. And Steve, just your view, and I mean, for me, like I say, it's 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 easy to forget that a few years ago, Sam Darnold was being very much talked about as someone in the conversation for the number one pick in that particular draft. We know that there's obviously a tendency for these quarterbacks to be overdrafted. Obviously, everybody wants to try and get the position nailed, but Sam Darnold came out of that class that included Mayfield, Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Rosen and obviously Lamar Jackson, all five of those going in the first round. There's a lot of talk we could get five quarterbacks going, well, certainly in the first round. I mean, some mock drafts I've seen have got five going in the top 10 picks this year, let alone the first round. So quarterbacks often get reached for. But, you know, Sam Donald's surely got some talent here, mate, for the Panthers to try and work with and see what they can get out of him. Yeah, I, I like the trade. Um, I think any situation where you can get a starting caliber quarterback and not give up a first round pick is is huge. Like Tim mentioned, they've given up a sixth this year and then a second and a fourth next year to not have to give up any of your first rounders to get him, considering he was a first overall pick not that long ago himself, I think is, is massive uh, for Carolina. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how Matt Rule works him into that offense. I think he's going to plug straight in and, and be there top like they want him to be the starter for the next decade and, and like Tim said it's, he's only 23 it's incredible that he's he's very very young um, I think he turns 24 later this year and, and and to be able to then have him as you know some rookies come out of, out of college almost that age so he's had three years experience in the NFL already and to bring that to Carolina I think is is, is a huge get for them and especially they don't have to give up that first round of this year and then in that high number 10 pick and like you said there's potentially you know four maybe even five quarterbacks might gone by the time Carolina come round at number eight um so they could have their pick of the non-quarterback draft class you know there might be a one wide receiver gone or maybe Kyle Pitts the tight end from Miami might have gone as well but they you know if they want to pick up an offensive lineman to protect him you know like a like a um uh, a Penny Sewell or a, a Sean Slater, they could quite easily take one of those guys and plug them straight in. And almost it, then that's an off-season where you've got a starting colour of a quarterback and a starting colour of offensive lineman to plug straight in and, and get that Carolina offence moving. What is what is a bit of a... Of a um, uh, disappointment for Darnold is that uh, is that the Panthers have just lost uh, Curtis Samuel and, and they have, their wide receiving options have, have sort of been depleted a little bit. They've obviously still got Robbie Anderson, who's a great threat downfield, but they've got to stock up that you think that that uh, receiving room for Darnold. You know he can't face another Jet scenario where he's brought into the into the camp with with no options and no protection, and then he, and then everyone wonders why he doesn't succeed in three years' time. So yeah, I'm sure they've got plans um, to to add some weapons offensively, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pleased for him and I'm glad that he's got out of New York so I just think it was never going to work for him. I think I think it's quite interesting to think about it in the grand scheme of things. You you have to think that Carolina must have made a call to Miami when they were the number three pick or at least to Atlanta and you know we know they like David Tepper the owner or the GM or whatever he is I can't remember if he's the owner isn't he Tepper. Um they they must have made a call and like I say they they do like to push their chips in a little bit and David Tepper's a bit of a gambler and, and what have you but I'm, I'd be surprised I would have loved to have seen the conversations maybe they had with Miami or Atlanta uh, to see what they 
to see what they were required to to stump up to to move up to go you know get get quarterback and then because I know that obviously they had there was whispers that they were in for Deshaun Watson until all the massaging and you know, lawsuits and all that kind of stuff came up as well. So uh, for for Darnold, it's kind of a catch twenty two because it's like you're probably the bronze medal, but yeah, again, he's not going to be complaining because at least he gets a chance when you've got people like Josh Rosen who came from the same class who's not getting any chances whatsoever. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's an interesting kind of uh scenario that's kind of been kind of cooked up here but yeah hopefully it works out for for all parties yeah and i think the key thing is it's as you said steve it's where carolina are in the draft it allows it to sort of now fall to them you know they would have had to have been ultra aggressive to move up we've seen what it's cost san francisco to move up admittedly from further back um you know but you know they've given up an awful lot of draft capital to get up to number three um, you know, and who knows by the time eight rolls around, like you say, what quarterbacks might be left there. You know, there could still potentially be some trades. We'll get to that a little bit later on, um, you know, with potentially some quarterback needy teams really wanting to get in on the action. For me, for what they've given up, I would much rather give up what they've given up on, you know, a still young quarterback that's got obvious talent in terms of natural ability you know let's see him in a scenario where he's got some better weapons you know he's certainly going to have some better weapons than he's had you know certainly recently in new york you know last year the skilled players outside of jameson crowder were non-existent weren't they so you know jameson crowder is your premier offensive weapon he, he tells you all the problems that the jets have got so he certainly landed in a better situation and uh, you know fingers crossed for him that it goes well will be an interesting battle if they do indeed let the two of them battle it out because obviously teddy bridgewater probably destined for a career of bouncing around as backup by the look of it from the way it's gone for him but always seems to do a reasonable job behind centre there's certainly worse options out there um, you know so I think there will be a decent uh, level of competition for the starting job we'll see how it goes a man that won't be starting anytime soon is Julian Edelman the Patriots wide receiver has called it a day um, came up yesterday he'd failed a physical um, and then the rumours started running around that potentially he'd end up back over in Tampa Bay uh, rejoining Tom Brady as that seems to be the narrative these days, anyone that's got any Brady association, people think he'll end up there. But now, later on in the evening, posted a video on socials confirming his retirement, um, drafted all the way back in the seventh round, number 232 overall. Had a fairly decent career, certainly for a guy that was drafted as late as he was, certainly down the stretch of his career, became the premier receiver in the Patriots system. Um, obviously came up huge um, in the postseason on a couple of occasions. I think most people will remember him for one of the most incredible Super Bowl catches ever, to be fair. There you go, right on cue. Everyone remembers the helmet catch. That, for me, was every bit as impressive, if not more impressive. Um, yeah. So... Obviously, it's going to be a big loss in terms of New England. They've obviously retooled their cupboard massively over the course of the offseason. They've brought in some wide receivers. But he, he's pretty much been you know, part of the furniture there, Steve, for quite some time now. Big impact that he's had. Um, you know, Firstly, how do you think it affects the Patriots? And then secondly, a lot of people talking about Edelman for the Hall of Fame. Um, can't see that myself personally. I can understand based on his postseason accomplishments, but you know, ultimately the the Hall of Fame generally should be judged over a career, not over a few good weeks in January every now and again. But uh, let's get your thoughts on him, mate. Uh, Edelman's retirement. Yeah, I think it, it was a bit of a surprise. I thought that he might play one more. Um, 
uh, he seemed to just keep keep on going, you know, uh, extensively. But um, it, it, I guess it gets to a point in a career where it's how many more injuries can you take before you just hang it up? And I think he's got he's you know he's he's potentially gone out probably as best as he could. Uh, he gave it one more year after Brady left, realised that his probably his body can't take it anymore as much as his, as much as uh, is just playing for for New England without Tom Brady. Um, you know, I think I think he's had a pretty distinguished career. He's not he's not lit up that you know you would you wouldn't class Edelman as like your your top tier receivers. You know, he's not in the same conversation as as some of the you know the if you if you on a if you're playing fantasy football and you're drafting a wide receiver, he's not the first one you take. He's probably not the second or the third either, or anywhere near that. But we talk about him because he played for that Patriots team that was so good for so long. You know, for 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 the three of us that have been watching for NFL for as long as we have, um, we've only ever known apart from the last season New England to be the team that they have under Brady and Belichick and to be as successful as they have with them and it's telling that he's got three Super Bowl wins including a Super Bowl MVP as well um, in, in 2018 I think against Atlanta he was the MVP um, and yet there's still you know there's, there's talk of you know is he a Hall of Fame caliber I, I, I'm not too sure where I sit on it I you know if he doesn't go in I, I think you'd understand that because his career hasn't you know, it hasn't been up in lights. Like, you know, if you look at his stats, he's only ever had uh, three seasons where he's hit over a thousand yards, you know, three out of what, 11 seasons he's been in the NFL and he's only had three of thousand yard seasons. That's not really like a, a top tier caliber receiver, which is what the Hall of Fame should be. It should be about the very best of the best. And if you, like you said, I don't want to diminish what he did for New England in, in this postseason, but when you have a few good weeks in January, you know, three or four times in the space of 11 years, I know that sounds really sort of diminishing to him but you know is that enough to get into the hall of fame i'm not so sure i think uh, they say there about him only having three seasons of a thousand yards he actually had played three full seasons as well you know injuries have dogged him quite a lot and I've, i think there's a sp- suspension or two in there as well um with uh, was it drugs or whatever but um yeah and let's say sure I, I think his catch against atlanta for me is better than the tyree one uh it's just amazing how that one gets caught i, I went back and watched it today a couple of times um but yeah he like I say, if, we, if we're letting Julian Edelman in, and I'm sorry, Kieran, we're letting Julian Edelman in the Hall of Fame, we might just let every every Tom, Dick and Harry in because it's kind of like the Philip, Philip Rivers uh, argument, the quarterback, isn't it? I mean, what, what's Philip Rivers done? He's, he's, he's done hardly anything apart from playing on a torn ACL against doing the, or whoever it was in the playoffs and, you know, come up short. But you can't, they've not achieved, they've, yes, he won the Super Bowl MVP, but I'm sorry, but he's not he's not good enough to go into the Hall of Fame. I don't, yeah, come at me if you want. My, my, my Twitter handle's there, there you go. Um, yeah, he's actually. I was looking at doing some stats on him um, a bit earlier, and he's actually sick. He's actually got a perfect passer rating uh, six out of six <laughs> passing 128 yards. And uh, obviously, the one one touchdown to Philip Dorsett as well. Um, so I think that was postseason as well. Um, Put him in as a QB. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. If, well, funny enough, you say that Kieran. Kieran mentioned. You know, I think mentioned it a couple of weeks ago on, a, on one of the podcasts or something. But uh, I know it was the mock draft last week. He said sticker to quarterback. But um, yeah, I mean, essentially, yeah, for, for those that remember pre Julian, I mean, obviously he was he's kind of Wes Welker two point wasn't he? Yeah, same mould. It's like, you know again, I'm not going to put him in the same category as Hunter Renfro, but they're all just slot guys can catch the ball and, and make things happen, and not, I've got reliable hands. Um, I don't. That's not Hall of, Hall of Fame worthy. Uh, he's had a great career. He's got a couple of Super Bowl rings, MVP. Until his grandkids, he I think he wrote a book as well, didn't he, about a squirrel, the squirrel that could, and or whatever it was. And um, yeah, I mean, great, great career, but not a Hall of Fame one. 
Yeah, don't disagree, mate. Don't disagree. Like you say, good player, though. Um, obviously, his presence will be missed in New England as they look to rebuild after a down year last year. Let's talk about a couple of things then, chaps, that have happened this week. One happened uh, today. One happened yesterday. A couple of Cs coming off the free agent available list. The Jadevian Clowney to the Browns, which seems to have been talked about, well, it was talked about last off-season, but it's certainly been talked about for weeks of this off-season, has finally reached a conclusion and he has signed a one-year deal with the Cleveland Browns. And James Connor has found himself a new home as well, potentially to be the lead back for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, obviously, two teams that, in different conferences, two teams that have now got plenty of talent on their respective rosters and two teams that potentially people will tip up to be I don't know if dark horses is the right word, but they'll they'll certainly be, you know, unfamiliar names to have deep postseason runs based on, you know, recent times. But these are two rosters that generally are trending in the right direction. Tim, let's come to you. I mean, out of the two of them there, you know, which one do you think is going to have the bigger impact on the team? And out of the two teams, which one do you think has got the best chance of going deeper into the postseason? Um, I, I think Cleveland, and just uh, the, the phrase you're looking for is the tickets are available for the band to jump on the bandwagon rather than dark horses. Um, I, think, I think looking at the two teams, I, I think you probably have to give the slight edge to Cleveland. I think they're ready. They're ready for a, a Super Bowl run. Don't want to get you too excited, Sean. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, th- I think again, it, baby steps from last year. When obviously winning a playoff game, they are coming. They're coming on, along a little bit. I think Carol, um, Arizona can be still got at it on, on defense, and so no, no P, uh, Patrick Peterson there now. They're, they've got a few holes in, on that on that defense, and yeah. Whilst obviously, I'd, I'd take Kyler Murray over over Baker, and I'm sure you'd go the opposite way on that one, but. Uh, I, I think as an overall team, the way they go about their business, and you know, I, I would t- easily take uh, Kevin Stefanski uh, over Cliff Kingsbury. I think you probably have to give it to the the, the Cleveland Browns, despite AFC AFC probably being a bit top heavy with with Kansas and Baltimore, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think Cleveland. Yeah, Steve, for you, I mean, you, you sort of texted me about this yesterday when it potentially was going to happen and sort of said, oh, does this make the Browns a contender? I joke, and he come back and said, weren't they already? So what, <laughs> what, what, what's, your, what's your view on uh, on certainly on Clowney to the Browns first and foremost? Well, I think one thing that perhaps has gone under the radar for most NFL fans is that Cleveland have quietly had a very, very good off-season. Um, and they've, they've, some of the additions they've made, we've already talked about a couple of weeks back, but the, you know, you had that clowny as dining as, you know, as, a, as an impact one year guy, you know, he's perhaps not the, the player that he was when Houston took him number one overall a few years back, but he's still a pass rusher that can and has experienced in the postseason, certainly with Seattle a couple of years ago. Um, and I think if you look at the Cleveland depth chart nowadays, um, you know, you look at every single one of their starters and you think, you know what, that's a, that's a quality player and I, you know I'm sure you, you as a Cleveland fan don't need to tell me that it's been a while since you can say that you know and, and the, the the depth chart is 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 exceptional and I think Cleveland have, have slowly but surely built a really good team um and I, I listened to your to your Cleveland Browns Kieran Corner episode yesterday and 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 that you know you now I have to ask the question of our Cleveland the top team in, in that in that division and I think that yeah, certainly certainly could be and I think it's and that's where the, the parallels sort of come with Arizona as well because Arizona again have got this young quarterback in Kyler Murray he's on his he's going to be in his third year they're on that time bomb 
before they have to sign into an extension. So you can pile talent around him and pay them lots of money before you've got to pay your quarterback lots of money. But they're also in that really tough division in the NFC West of you know teams of, of you know um, LA have just added Matt Stafford, you know Seattle, Seattle, and have got so much experience in the postseason, and then they've got a really good combination of Russell Wilson and, and, and Pete Carroll, and um, you know San Francisco have got potentially a new quarterback coming in. They've got all of those injured players coming back, and, and we're in the Super Bowl, you know, not not two years ago. So it's 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 I think it's two parallels of two teams that are really going to make a push, and if they can make it at the top of their division, I think they could both make appearances in the respective championship games. But you know, an injury here, a suspension there, all that sort of thing can happen and derail seasons. So yeah, I th- I would back Cleveland to go further than Arizona, but not by much. Didn't, I'm sorry. Just just before we move on, does it like is it only me that just thinks Jeffy and Clowney's that just a bit of a fraud? I mean, I'm not suggesting that he's like the number one pass rusher, but no, I think no, adds depth to that to that squad. And I think as a rotational guy, adding bringing pressure off the edge, I think he's he's good at doing that. But yeah, on a one year deal for Cleveland, I think that's a smart sign. He, he's like, as a former. <clears throat> I know I know he's always going to be tough to live up to the bill of being a number one overall pick, but. Like he's probably had what one good season. He's been across across the way from JJ Watt for how many seasons? He's he's been doing one year deals for the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, more he's been doing one more year, one year than Tor and Dean have been doing. But I, I just don't get it. Like he's a good run stuffer, he's, he, but he was he was picked up to to uh, yeah, rush the rush the passer and uh, you know, sacks and all the rest of it. I just yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he might might do him well. Obviously, opposite opposite. Miles Barrett might unlock a few things, and again, the scheme might help. And you know, it's amazing how one what you can look dog crap in one team, and then you know the the, the king of the king of the whole world in on, on another team. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Clowney personally. Yeah, I think the thing to remember with Clowney is don't forget when he came into the league that first year, he, he suffered terribly with injuries. He only actually started two games in his rookie season. Yeah. Um, his next three years, he actually registered, you know, some decent numbers um you know i think off the top of my head was it something like 20 sacks or whatever over the first sort of three seasons um i mean okay you could make the argument that they're not stellar numbers but like you say jj what was the wrecking ball on the other side in that defense i think what he brings to cleveland is is an additional piece that you know he will set the edge on one end if he brings everything back inside to where you've got the likes of sheldon richardson miles garrett can be moved inside um, I think the contract represents where Clowney is now. I think he still feels that he should be paid more. But, you know, let's not forget last year he signed a $12 million deal with the Titans. This is an $8 million deal that's got incentives attached to it. Mm. So he's lost a third of his earnings, if you like, from one season to the next. Bearing in mind, he could have signed at Cleveland last year. Um, I think it's a record presentation of where he is i agree if he wants the big money that unfortunately it's a pass rushers game isn't it you don't get paid big money to be a great run defender generally um but i think it's a fabulous opportunity for him to reignite his career he was taken to tennessee to be the guy and he's never been the guy you know like you say he, he was with jj what in in Houston, similarly, when he was at Seattle, he was expected to be the guy, and it never really materialised, did it? Um, you know, yeah. I think now he's not going to be the focal point of the defensive line. There's going to be plenty of attention given, and rightly so, to Miles Garrett. Potentially, that creates some more opportunities for him. 
you know, if, if you look at sort of other stats in terms of like the pressures that he generated and those kind of things last year, there wasn't much of a drop off. He just didn't get the sack numbers, um, you know, mm. but he was still quite effective at actually pressurising the QB. Um, you know, so let's wait and see what happens. I take it as we've talked mostly in that section about the Browns and Jadevian Clowney. None of us are overly excited then, chaps, about James Connor and what he's going to do in the uh, Cardinals' backfield. No. Well, no? As, no. Yeah, as, as a one-year deal, it's not really much to shout about, but I think it gives them uh, depth and I think they can make a run at the NFC West for sure. Yeah, Connor's going to basically take on the Kenyan Drake role, isn't he? We, me and Tim were talking about this before we hit the record button. You'll probably find that Chase Edmonds will still look like the best back on the roster, but will look good because he'll come in for a few plays here and there while Connor takes the bulk of the work. Let's move attention then, fellas, to the draft. We'll probably get uh, more into the draft, certainly over the course of the next couple of weeks in terms of what it probably means and feels like and looks like for everybody. But there's probably a pivotal point at the draft at the moment, it seems. Most mock drafts have pretty much got the first three picks as quarterbacks, and whether that's a combination of Lawrence, Wilson and Fields, or Lawrence, Wilson and Mac Jones, depending on what you believe in terms of what San Francisco's intentions are at number three, I think everyone's pretty much in agreement that the draft probably starts at pick number four, um, where the Atlanta Falcons are scheduled to pick. I say scheduled because they're obviously a massive potential trade partner. Tim just flashed up a graphic there for those watching this visually in terms of teams that we feel might be in the conversation to move up. We've talked already, chaps, about the fact that this draft class seemingly is getting an awful lot of love and hype, although personally... You know, I think it's unlikely that all five of them will end up being good starting NFL quarterbacks. Somebody uh, will overreach for, for some of these guys. So, Tim, let's let's start with you. Um, you've obviously released one of your first mock drafts onto the website this week, and you had the Falcons trading this pick away. Talk us through your logic for that, mate. Yeah, I, I just don't see... They've restructured Matt Ryan's contract to the Falcons, and I, ju- I just can't see that they they've got the patience to bring someone in sitting for a year. I think I think they maybe address it next year the quarterback position because um, I think they've still got enough pieces on offense to to say okay we can kind of still be competitive. But yeah, in, in my mock draft I had uh, Washington football team trading up and. Um, yeah, what was it? All the way from nineteen. Obviously, you have to give a, a lot of capital to to get there. But I, th- I think with the, it's interesting because the San Francisco 49ers deal to move up to three is is one of those where it's kind of like the Patrick Mahomes contract uh, with uh, when he got the contract. It doesn't necessarily it breaks the barriers and it breaks it all. You know, obviously there's a massive overpay, but I don't necessarily mean that that sets a precedent for the Falcons. And I don't know. Uh, I don't think any of these teams are going to be com- coming calling and offering anything in the vicinity of those. But yeah, I mean, it, out of the teams that I, I had up on their screen, I asked to come up again now. But yeah, Denver at nine, New England at fifteen, Washington nineteen, Chicago twenty. I put Pittsburgh at twenty-four. I thought about putting New Orleans in as well, but um, the James Winston, the goat, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I think out, out of all those teams, if I'm if I'm Washington, if I'm the Washington football team, and I hate to beat the drum again, if you didn't win your division last season, this would be so much easier. But anyway, I'm not going to get into that. Um, if I if I'm Washington, right, I've got I've got pretty much everything but a quarterback. Why not mortgage the next two years? Do 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 what uh, the Rams did to go and get Stafford. Um, yeah, give them a couple of give the Falcons a couple of firsts. You know, chuck in a second from next year, chuck in a third from this year and next year as well, or, or, or yeah, something 
yeah, ridiculously like that. Um, grab a grab a wide, another wide receiver in the second round to go opposite Terry McLaurin. Like, there's there's very little wrong with that off that that team in, in Washington, and they 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 to me are just literally a quarterback away from, from NFC title games. To be quite honest, um, and the reason I say that is because yeah, the more years that go past, obviously another year or two you know, from from this year, that defense is going to be needing paid, and uh, yeah, you're not going to be able to pay all of them. You're going to have to get rid of them. And some of them, and therefore you're going to get a few gaps. And then for me, that your window starts to then shut. And if you're going to waste it by having Taylor Heineke and Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, right, there's a reason Ryan Fitzpatrick hasn't won a playoff game. It's because he's not good enough to to go and win a playoff game. He does all the highlights, he does all the good throws, and all the rest of it. He's just, he's just not a quarterback that's going to get you to a title game. Um, so, yeah, for me, Washington by far. I, I would, if I'm a Washington fan, I'd be screaming, absolutely screaming at the at my computer or or whatever out into the air and just you know, just begging from Rivera and the guys over in, in Washington to, to trade up but um, yeah just I, I, I don't want to nick any words out of Steve's mouth but yeah Denver obviously is the most logical because they're obviously the nearest but I think I think they'll stick with Drew Locke for another year um, I know John Elway is no, is no longer the GM but he's obviously moved up to like director of operations or whatever he is uh, but I've I got a funny feeling they'll, they'll keep him for another year and then maybe address it again next year Um but yeah, New England, I'm not sure. I know uh, Cam Newton's obviously there and they want a quarterback battle. And obviously, Jimmy G will be there in a couple of weeks, hopefully. But uh, And then Chicago, well, we all know Andy Dalton, the the, the end zone Ed Sheeran is, is the starter there, isn't he? Because he, he got told personally by Ryan Pace that he's the starter. So. There you go, mate. May as well sign it in blood. Steve, your thoughts on it, mate? So I found out today that Matt Ryan, he's 35, he's 36 next month. So he's going into his 14th season in the NFL. So he's had 13 seasons in the NFL. In those 13 seasons, he's missed three regular season games. Three. That's astonishing. That to that, of that longevity from a quarterback is astonishing. So the Atlanta's got to be confident that they've got another couple of years in him. You know, yeah, I think so. The team around him might be dropping off, but in Matt Ryan themselves, himself, they've got a, they've got a quarterback that at least can steady the ship for another couple of years. So they don't yeah. need to draft a quarterback just yet. Um, I think that they hold all the cards right now because they could stay where they are and have their pick of whoever they want because the top three are all going to be quarterbacks. That's pretty much nailed on. So they could take Jamar Chase, they could take Carpets, they could take Penny Sewell. You know, any any position. Positional player that's not a quarterback they could take. I think, realistically, anyone below New England, the price is going to be too high. San Francisco uh, paid a three firsts and a third to move from 12 to three. How much will it cost Washington to move from 19 to three? Four firsts, five, six? Like, is that worth it? No, you don't franchise. Considering how many first round uh, top 10 quarterbacks are now playing for different teams over the last sort of five years. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Sam Darnold just happened. You know, all of these quarterbacks are now playing for different teams because they didn't work out. Do you want to mortgage your franchise to move up to number four to pick the fourth best quarterback in the draft? Obviously, you know, draft doesn't always represent, you know, the order of the quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes proves that. Tom Brady proves that. You know, it doesn't always work that way. But... Dick Prescott. Run, run with me with this. You know, uh, if if they're going to mortgage their entire franchise and, and trade five picks, five potential first rounders or four, however many it's going to cost, to get a guy that might not be the answer, 
you know, might do a Sam Darnold and be, and be average for two years and then just sit on the bench. Like, no, if I'm Washington, I'm not even thinking about that. I think Denver might if they want to, but I, I think there is more chance of Atlanta staying where they are and, and picking up the best of the rest, so to speak. I, I, I will guarantee they trade back. And the, the thing you say there, Steve, about obviously that four or five first round picks, it's not, it's not going to be four or five first round picks because the reason San Francisco moved up is because they get they get their choice of, you know, either, in my opinion, Fields, Fields or Wilson, you know, the, the demand for Lance or the, the, the demand for Fields, if whatever, or, or Mac Jones, who shouldn't even be in the first round. But the, the, the carrot's not as big as everyone thinks. And like I say about the, you know, the trade with San Francisco, the reason they did it early and the reason they did it uh, and they overpaid, and I think it's well known that they overpaid to, 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 to move it up 12 to 3, is because they were comfortable with either you know, the third, the, the third quarterback that would be in their in their pockets, and they didn't want you know Miami negotiating with anyone else. They they phoned Miami up and said, "Look, we're going to offer you this. Don't don't give it to anyone else. Yeah, look there, front offer kind of thing." Uh, I don't I don't think the demand for four and the price tag for four is as high as everyone thinks it is. But and I think it's skewed because of everyone's comparing it to the number three pick. I don't I don't I think they're two separate instances personally. But it's it's it's, it's a good debate yeah. to have. Yeah, I think the pro- I think the problem with the with that logic though, Tim, and and where I'm more in Steve's camp is it's not so much the demand for the pick. It's do Atlanta want to move back from four all the way back to nineteen? That's the problem. That's why the price would be driven up because if you're Atlanta, you might want to move back to six, but the Dolphins probably aren't going to come up. You might want to move back to seven, but the Lions might not want to come up. Carolina probably unlikely now because of obviously just trading for Darnold. Nine is probably as far as they would want to go. And even that feels like a long way back. Like Steve just said there, they can have first wide receiver on their board, gone, Jamar Chase in all likelihood. They could have Penny Sewell, first offensive lineman, pretty much on most people's boards, gone. And they could have, you know, Cole Pitts, who, you know, by all accounts, best to end, you know, forever in a day to have come out of college. If they move back all the way to 19, they will want some handsome compensation for the fact that they're giving up on one of those players now. And the reason I don't think Washington will do it is because that defence gives them a window. You've just said they'll need pain. Well, when they need pain, it might be more suitable for them to have the rookie quarterback deal that allows them to pay more of that defensive front. So I, I honestly don't think Washington are anywhere near this conversation in terms of, of trading up. I know we seemingly always come back to Washington on this podcast in terms of what they should do at quarterback. You know, I think Washington will just sit tight. I think they'll pick whoever's there at 19, probably the best defensive player available. I would not be surprised at that at all. I think Washington take a flyer in the second or third round on a, a Kyle Trask or somebody like that, you know, in the second or third tier of the quarterbacks, potentially see if they can, you know, hit, uh, hit a magic pick in one of those rounds, you know, and that potentially then avoids the problem further on down the line. But, you know, for now, Atlanta certainly is the pivot point. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Let's see what the noise is. Just one word answers, boys, because I'm conscious of the time. Does it make a difference if the third quarterback off the board is Mac Jones or Justin Fields in terms of the trade-up? Do you, Atlanta have more trade, more trade opportunities if Justin Fields is still on the board? Tim, yeah. yes or no? Uh, yeah, I think so, yep. And Steve's already beat you too, mate. He said yes as well. So. 
It'll be interesting. It'll be I just like I don't think they traded all that way up to get Mac Jones, so I think they probably could have got it seven or eight or nine. Do, um, do you know what? And, I, don't, I don't disagree with you, but what, can someone explain to me what all this smoke and mirrors is about? Who are they trying to kid now? They don't have to kid anybody anymore. They've got that third pick. So what? What, what difference does it make? I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's smoke and mirrors for anything. I just think it's just media and people getting bored and trying to just drool up out of crap so that people can digest it. And and whatever I, I mean I've put a bet I've already put a bet on before Justin is it, and by the way has anyone seen Justin Fields pro day today oh that boy that boy's going to throw some throw some absolute bombs uh, I've already put a bet on Justin Fields to go third overall and I don't care who, I don't, obviously it's to the 49ers but I'm, I've put money where my mouth is and, and no, just quickly on that just to sort of wrap up uh, that's the only I wasn't cutting you off there mate apologies go on <laughs> Just the reason why Atlanta hold all the cards is because if it is Mac Jones, then they've got Justin Fields and Trey Lance sat at four. Any one of the teams that are ready, they can say, right, pay the price. You know, San Francisco paid three first rounders to get to three. You've got your, you know, the guy that sat here right now. If they do it on draft night, they can say, right, we want four. I just don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's, um, it's, it's a legitimate um, option for them to go back and uh, going back to 19, you know, go back oh, to 19 is just too sounds, far back. Sounds like a sandwich bet to me. Wow, we we may well have a few of those in the next couple of weeks, boys, as we get closer to the draft. Right, let's see if let's see if the smoke and mirrors start disappearing and it all becomes a little bit clearer as we uh, head towards the first round in two weeks' time. You've probably noticed we've got a bit more of a, a, a perk in our voices this week. Obviously, lockdown's been easing, fellas. We've we've returned to some sort of normality. I'm not going full normality because obviously there's still plenty of things that we can't do. But it's been nice this week. Get to see a few people that we haven't seen for a while. Get to have people um, round in your back garden if you're fortunate enough to do so. Obviously, plenty of things opening up. Tim, what have you been up to this week, mate, that you haven't been able to do for a long time? Uh, what have I done that I haven't been able to do for a while? Not obviously, not had a haircut, although so you've had your one. Um, no, I, I, I trolled to the post office today to, to send off all our college guides. That was uh, that was an error. We're walking a kilometre with, uh, what was it, 50... 50 college guides at 600 grams a pop. Uh, I haven't been to the gym for, for for God knows how many years, so that was a, that was a shock to the system. Um, no, my, my wife had some people around at the weekends. I've been to um, uh, sorry Monday. Uh, what I, I've been working this week, so I've not actually been. My haircut is booked for next week, so maybe on next week's podcast I'll, I won't have as much hair as I currently do here. But uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't fully exploited the uh, easing of lockdown yet. So shall we say? Get out there, mate. Enjoy yourself. Steve, what have you been up to, buddy? Well, uh, like you, Sean, I'm follically challenged, so I don't need to worry about a haircut. Um, but my other half has booked a table at our local pub for Saturday at 4pm, so I'll be having plenty of pints on Saturday in a pub where we can. I don't think you realise you miss pints until the opportunity arises that you can't have them. And then it's like, oh, actually, I'd quite like a pint or seven. <laughs> Indeed, mate. The, the sheer horror on my face as I went to my local pub on Monday after work. I looked out the window, thought, right, sun's shining, let's get out in the beer garden, walk down, and the first question I was greeted with is, have you booked a table? I've never had to book a table for the beer garden at my local pub. Thankfully, <laughs> the, thankfully they squeezed us in, though, so I did enjoy a did couple you, did of... You, uh, did, you, did you flex that you were the host of the 14 Yards podcast? 
Yeah. Exactly, mate. As soon as I said that, that was it. They, they actually kicked, <laughs> kicked some other people out to allow me in. But uh, now, all joking aside, it was lovely to get a couple of uh, points of beer and Moretti out in the sunshine on Monday. And uh, similar to you, Steve, I've uh, I've got some further outings planned this weekend. Living life to the maximum, lads. Living life to the maximum. Um, as you say, things hopefully getting better in the coming weeks. So uh, everyone that's uh, getting back to normality. Glad you've had a, a good week and long may it continue. Let's uh, hope the worst of it is behind us. Tim has just mentioned there the full 10 yards college guide and the draft guide, um, obviously out now in digital as well as physical copies. Uh, just order a physical just to make Tim keep walking down the post office, ladies and gents. It's uh, it's worth it, absolutely. But over two, over 200 players scouted, get yourself all geared up, ready for draft nights and great work from the boys. Well worth the investment. And I've got to say, the print quality looking fantastic, mate. Worth all of those 600 grams apiece. So uh, everyone that's ordered the physical copy, thank you very much for doing so. We really appreciate it. Obviously, all the profits from it going back into the Britball game. So not only uh, getting a good product, but you're also donating the money to a good cause as well. So keep those orders coming in. Uh, we'll get the copies out to you as quickly as we can. And obviously, your digital ones will be available pretty much instantly, uh, as long as the technology does what it's supposed to do so yeah good work from the college boys plenty of other content obviously the college podcast and all the mock drafts and all the rest of the stuff as we build up towards the draft us three will be back next week doesn't matter how much news there is chaps we can always find 40 minutes 45 minutes to talk about the nfl every week can't we as we've uh, as we've proved this week although james connor we will do better to uh, try and hype you up a little <laughs> bit next week we didn't give him much love this week, did we? But, uh, fellas, it's been an absolute pleasure, as always. Um, remember, this is the Full 10 Yards NFL podcast, all for the game. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.